We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, and especially those of you who are visiting with us today. We're so glad that you're here with us. On each one of the pews near the center aisle, there's a black folder that's our friendship pad, and we'd love to have you fill it out and let us know that you're here with us today, whether you're a member or, or an irregular or whether you're visiting with us today. Our announcements are in the bulletin, and you can see that today is Vacation Bible School Sunday in the second service. All sorts of things are going on after second service, including there will be a crepe truck with wonderful crepes this morning. So if you, if, if you don't want to hang around, just come back and have crepes at the end of second service and see all the excitement that's going on with the children who've been with us for this last week. Um, also, a week from tonight is our awe at home hospitality hour. We are almost full. There's a little bit of room left, but today is the last chance to sign up for that. And it would help us if you carpool if you were signed up for that. Hardly any parking in Three Arch. Uh, also, our book talk group will be discussing the book The Nightingale a week from this Wednesday. Anyone who has read the book is very welcome to come and be part of that. You do not have to sign up for that. And you'll see we have a couple of adult education offerings that are coming up soon. Dr. Robert Weingartner is going to be talking about to the Tumayani Children's Home and the Outreach Foundation. And also George and Annika Follis are going to be telling us about their most recent trip to Greece and the way they were working with refugees and with orphans while they were there. We have a blood drive that is in just a couple of weeks, so they need people to sign up today to give blood and to volunteer to be a part of the workers who will be uh, putting that on. You can do all of that on the patio at the end of the service. And you'll notice on the back of the announcement sheet that we have a super volunteer that we're featuring this week, and it is Sandy Worthy. All sorts of ways in which she gives herself and her time here in the church and throughout the community. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Let us pray. O oh Lord, our God, as we gather here this morning to worship, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Soften our hearts that we may delight in your presence. Sharpen our minds that we may discern your truth. Shape our wills that we may desire your ways. We ask this now through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The psalmist calls us to worship. Let us worship God, our light and our salvation. The Lord is our light and our salvation, the stronghold of our lives. We desire, we desire to live in God's house and to seek God in his holy temple. We have come with shouts of joy to sing and to make music to the Lord. Teach us your ways and make straight our paths in this hour of worship on always. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth.
church a cappella. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Wonder of the King. Let us confess our sins together. God of compassion, in Jesus Christ, we behold your transforming light, yet we continue to live in darkness, preoccupied with ourselves. We fail to see your work in the world. We speak when we should listen. We react when we should reflect. Empower us to live in your light and to walk in your ways. For the sake of him who is the light of the world, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so we bring to you the silent confessions of our hearts. We pray through Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Hear the good news. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old is passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen.
good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? We need to be in the house of the Lord. We gather here to worship God. We find this as a place to be centered in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And together, as fellow believers in Christ, we build one another up in love and good deeds, don't we? And we live in a world that is filled with anxiety and fear. And it's in a place like this where we become centered in Christ and remember who we are and who we are to be in this world. So let the Word of God minister to you this morning. I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1. The theme for Vacation Bible School this week has been that Jesus is the light of the world, and we're going to focus on that this morning. So 1 John chapter 1, I'll read verse 1 through 10. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed, and we have seen it and testified to it, and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him while we are walking in darkness, we lie And do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy Father, we look to you this morning, and we ask that you would enable us to understand your word, And that you would transform us by your Holy Spirit to respond with an obedience of faith. To leave here of people who have been empowered to live into the newness of light, the light of the world. That we have received through Jesus Christ our Lord. We ask this now in his name. Amen. The day after school let out, I took a group of our high schoolers our high school students, up to Seattle for our annual inner-city service trip. Each June, I've looked to introduce our students to a different city to both understand the issues of that particular city and to give them a heart for the city, the inner city. Our first project for the day was serving at the Union Gospel Mission. It's called the Hope Place, and it's a women's shelter And as Hope Place it is called, it well deserves its name. 
What an amazing organization and facility. That place is run like a fine-tuned machine. There are 150 women that live there, some of them with their children. They're provided with housing and meals and counseling, 12-step programs, and they even have job placement. With the Union Gospel Mission being a Christian ministry, chapel and Bible study are central to their program. And so on that Saturday, our team from Laguna Press had the assignment of serving lunch. What an experience that was for our students to see all of those women and children. We were first given the task of cleaning the tables and the chairs. And then we had to set up the dining room, and we were asked to come into the kitchen and actually help prepare the food. And then at 11.30 a.m. sharp, the dining room doors were opened, and the women and their children lined up, walked down that cafeteria line right before us. It was wonderful to see our students with those smiles on their faces, serving up the plates for those women and their children. What an experience. And the women, they were so gracious. Some of them stopped and talked with us for a little while. After we finished serving, it was our turn to sit down and have lunch. And as we were eating, a woman, I'd say around 40, she timidly walked up to our table. It was clear that this woman had been to hell and back. She looked tired and tattered. And yet, this woman had a smile on her face, and you could tell there was this contentment she had deep within. She said, Hello. I was wondering if I could share my testimony with you. I just finished writing it. Would you be willing to listen to my testimony? Our students just looked up in awe. They didn't know what to do. And so I jumped in, of course, as pastor, and I'd say, I said, sure, we'd love to hear your testimony. And she said, early this year, I came to this place, an abused spouse and addicted to drugs. I had no hope of turning my life around at all. But this place, it took me in. It gave me a place to live, a place to sleep. They gave me food to eat. They got me into recovery. Do you know what it's like to get into recovery? And she said, they started my healing from all the physical abuse I had received. And my life, slowly but surely, was being put back together. She said, one day, as I was listening at chapel, something happened when someone was reading from the Bible. I heard about this man. His name is Jesus. It was like a light went on in that chapel, right above my head. I learned there was a God who loved me, who would forgive me. I learned there was a God who would be committed to me, who would never, ever let me go. And now there were tears streaming down her eyes and her face. She said, right there at that moment, I gave my life to Jesus. And my life started to change. 
Not long after, she said, we were challenged to look for work. It started the program here, and, and I knew to get work, I needed to have a truck. I needed to have a car to get to work. And so I found this pickup truck in the classified paper. I knew I needed that particular truck. I took a bus to the person's home, and on the way there, I just felt something happening inside. I felt this newfound God was leading me to that house. They showed me the truck, and then they asked if I would make an offer. I said, I don't have any money at all. I just felt I was led here by God, by this new God I believe in, whose name is Jesus Christ. And they just stood at me, stood looking at me and staring. And then they asked me my story. And, and like I'm doing here, I told them my testimony. They said, wait a minute. And the two walked over to the side and they talked. And then they walked back and they said, here's the deal. If you come to work for us, delivering firewood each day, you can slowly pay us back for this truck, and we will even pay you each month. They said, we too follow this Jesus, and we just think this is what He would have us do. And then she looked at us and she said, isn't that amazing? And I said, that's amazing. Laguna Presbyterian Church, isn't that amazing? That is amazing! Amen! And then she said, I knew, I just knew in that moment that God was real and that Jesus would take good care of me. Do you know how that feels, church? I love that testimony. I know where I was at that point in my life, sitting at that table listening to her. I confess to you, it was the end of the school year. My second born had just graduated from the high school. I was weary and tired, and there was this weird sense of emptiness in me. And then she shared that testimony. And it was a reminder of how good gracious and loving our God is. And as she shared that testimony, there was this sense of hope that just started flooding into my own life. Because when someone is sharing their testimony with you, it should be reminding you of your own testimony, how that light broke through, grabbed hold of you, and you believed on Jesus Christ. If you are ever in despair, if you are ever looking for hope, or if you're just feeling complacent in your faith, just sit down, think through your testimony, write it out, and I guarantee you that adoration, praise, and hope will flood in. Whether it was when you were four, sitting on the couch with your mom praying, or maybe you were six years old at vacation Bible school listening to the Bible story. You could have been 15 years old up at camp, and Jesus came shining through. It could have been when you were 30 years old and you decided to come back to church because you thought it might be good for your kid to get some morals and lo and behold, Jesus grabbed hold of you. It could have been when you were 50 years old and you were going through a crisis situation. It could have been when you were 60 and you thought to yourself, there has got to be more to this life. Every single testimony has this in common. The light of God shined through. Jesus Christ was revealed. 
faith built up in that heart of yours. Your darkness was shown. You trusted that Jesus Christ had forgiven you of your sins. And like the woman at the shelter said, Jesus, you just knew, you just know that He is real. And then you started walking in the light. There are billions of testimonies on this earth, but they all have something in common. Jesus is the light of the world. In our passage this morning, John is sharing his testimony with the beauty of his writing. Wasn't that passage beautiful? As an apostle, he can declare, he can truthfully say that he was in the physical presence of the Word. He was in the presence of eternal life, the Son of God. He's telling us, I have seen Jesus. I have heard Jesus. I actually touched Jesus. This one, Jesus Christ, He is real. The Gospels of Matthew and Mark tell us that John's first encounter with Jesus was when he was fishing. You like that, don't you? When he was fishing with his brother James. And after Jesus had called for Peter and his brother Andrew to follow him, Jesus walked up to John and his brother James, and he said to them simply, follow me. You know what John did? He followed Jesus. And then Luke gives us more of the story. He tells us that Jesus had performed a miracle enabling Peter to catch a large amount of fish. You know the story. He had been fishing all night. He couldn't catch anything. Jesus came along and said, Peter, throw your net down on the other side of the boat. And there was this miraculous catch of fish. And Peter knew immediately that he was in the presence of the Holy One. The light of the world was right before him. And he did what we have done. He fell to his knees. He said, I am a sinful man. He knew he needed a Savior, and the Savior was right before him, and he believed. And John witnessed that testimony. Now you're catching on a little bit more, aren't you? So when Jesus walked up to him and said, follow me, he had seen the testimony in motion right before him with Peter. And John, of course, followed Jesus Christ. John went on to spend three years walking with Jesus as an apostle. John had listened to Jesus preach the truth. He had seen with his eyes all of those miracles, and he had experienced in his own life the touch of Jesus' compassion, and he had seen Jesus touch other people with compassion. We're told in the scriptures that he stood at the foot of the cross and he watched Jesus die, give his life for us on the cross. And then he witnessed, he witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So what does this man want to emphasize with us at the beginning of this letter? He says, God is light. Now there's something both simple and complex to that statement. Something simple in that that even our children this week at Vacation Bible School were starting to catch on to, weren't they? The simple is that light has the power to expose. Now years ago, I've shared with you before, I, I spent a summer in New Zealand. 
And one of the opportunities they gave us during this trip was to tour these underground caverns and caves. And I'm telling you, these caves are deep underground. And as they took us deep underground, they took us to the end of one of these caves, and they had these lights that went all the way down these tunnels into these caves. And the tour guide informed us they were going to turn off the lights. And the lights went out. There was absolutely no light at all. It wasn't like when you wake up in the middle of the night and there's a glimmer of light when you want to go check the front door or you need to go to the bathroom. There is this glimmer of light in those times and you can just kind of make your way. It was pitch black. You knew that if you took a step in any direction, you were going to fall over and there'd be some dangerous obstacle. And then the guide informed us he was going to turn on just a flashlight. And when he turned that flashlight on, it was like this huge spotlight appeared. And something happened at that moment. You could see all of the dark, dangerous places in that cave. And at the same time, you could see that safe pathway to get back home. And hope flooded in. In the same way, John is very simply telling us that Jesus is the light which exposes the darkness in our own lives and shines the way to that path of safety. And then the complex nature of John's statement that even the greatest of theologians can only claim they know the tip of the iceberg. Light illumines. Light illumines our understanding of God. Light in God reveals a God who is pure. He's beautiful, powerful, perfect, and righteous. A God who is radiant with light. He, as the light, is the source and measure of all that is true. A light that is too brilliant to approach and too much to comprehend. And like all those people of faith in the Scriptures and all those people of faith who've gone before us, who've come to terms with this light, we know at first we are at a loss when this light shows up. And then John in his testimony gives us that good news. Jesus, the light of the world, not only leads us to God, but he removes the darkness, the sin and the obstacles that stand in the way between us and God. How? John says, by giving his blood shedding his blood upon the cross to bring us to God, to restore us and to rescue us. At this, we echo the testimony of that woman at the shelter. We just know in that moment of faith that God is real and Jesus will take good care of us. Once in the light, John tells us, that's not the end of it. We are called to walk in fellowship with God and others. And we're doing that right now as we gather here to worship God on Sunday morning. We have fellowship with God as we read His Word and we hear from Him. And we have fellowship with God as we pray and speak with Him. And we have fellowship with God in all the friendships and the relationships that we have with fellow believers. We encourage one another and we build one another up in good deeds. And like the woman at the shelter, like the Apostle John, we cannot stay silent. 
we must share our testimony. We share our testimony by words, and we show our testimony, and we share our testimony by actions. It's what all those helpers at Vacation Bible School were doing this week. They didn't want to just hold that light within. They wanted to shine that light amongst those children who are not only the church of tomorrow, they are the church of today. And they need the light just as we need the light. Thursday morning, as I was driving to church, there was this radio report that came on. And they said there's this need in Los Angeles and Orange County to crack down on aggressive driving. Law enforcement has noticed over the last three or four years that people are driving out of control. They're busy, they're anxious, and it's dangerous. They said they need to crack down on it. And when I was listening to the report, I thought, you know, maybe people behind the wheel of their cars, maybe we behind the wheels of our car are just reflecting what's going on in our culture today. And then like many of you, on Thursday afternoon, I checked my computer before I went home, and there was that news report about Nice, France. I texted my good friend John McCaig, unbelievable, and he immediately texted me, what now? And as I got in my car to drive home, I noticed within there was this sense of fear and anxiety. Were you feeling that on Thursday? And as I was driving home, I was just thinking to myself, I got to get home. I got to make sure my family's okay. We just need to hunker down. And I could tell it was reflected in my driving, especially as I came up to that nemesis of intersection at Glenary and Thalia. <laughs> what is it with that intersection? And then, thank God, I felt the Spirit. I know when the Spirit's speaking to me because He just presses upon my heart with words of Scripture. The Spirit said to me, Steve, walk with me in my light. If my followers don't bring the faith, hope, and love of Jesus Christ, then who will? And I think that's what Scripture, and I think that's what the Spirit is calling out to us as a church and a people now. We have the challenge as believers to bring the faith, hope, and love, the light of God out into the world, whether we're driving home, whether we're amongst our neighbors, or at the workplace, or just walking in the door where your family is sitting there waiting for you to come home, to be a light for Jesus Christ of faith, hope, and love. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ, the light of the world. We thank you for our own testimony and the testimony of all those who have ministered to us. And we confess to you that we need your light and pray that we can reflect the light so that others can see the light within us and be ministered to and spoken to of Jesus Christ. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to invite the ushers to come forward as we give of our tithes and offerings.
of light you spoke your word and said let there be light and the light burst forth and the light and the darkness all belong to you you placed us as your children in the garden to dress till to replenish and to keep the garden to be shining lights in a world where there would always be tempting darkness and so we thank you this morning that, that Jesus came as the light incarnate. And in his face we have seen your glory. We thank you that his spirit has been poured out upon the church, the very source of all light and life. We pray that each one of us, as we are doing this morning, may see the importance of what we have to contribute in the using of our gifts and the shining of our lights to bring illumination into lives and into a world that desperately needs to see the light. Thank you for the children that were moved to work 
to produce products, to sell, to make a difference in their life, to bear witness to your presence in their hearts. We're doing the very same this morning, Lord. We're here, we know the difference that one life can make. One life that is trapped in the darkness can drive a truck and destroy so many innocent lives. We know there's much darkness in our world, and yet your light continues to shine. And we believe that your life and your light will triumph over the darkness, that your kingdom will come, and that we will let the light of your kingdom continue to shine in and through Laguna Presbyterian Church as we seek to build your kingdom, to make a difference in our time, to bring healing and hope and love into our world, into our neighborhoods, into our families, into our schools, into every aspect of our lives. Bless our giving. Bless the light as you shine through us, we pray. In the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Joyful, joyful, we adore Thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like clouds before Thee, opening to the sun above. Now the clouds of sin and sadness drive the dark out out We want to thank you so much for praying for all the Vacation Bible School children and leaders throughout this week. Your prayers have been answered, and they are continuing to be answered. And I ask you to begin praying for our high school and middle school students. They'll be going up to camp a week from today, 70 of them. And we will be hearing, of course, about the light of the world, Christ. And I ask that you pray that their hearts will begin to be prepared for that week. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace that you may overflow with hope by the power of His Holy Spirit. God bless you this week. Amen. Mm -hmm.